0: Isaiah chapter number 55. Isaiah 55, and we've been looking at verse 8 down through verse number 11 as we've been discussing uh, these particular counterintuitives that the Lord has directed us in. We're going to try to finish these counterintuitives today, and then we'll maybe look at one more idea concerning them. But I, I just had these four. That I wanted us to consider. We've looked already at. uh, To be great in the kingdom. To be first is to be last. To to rule is to serve. As he gave that first one. Mark chapter 10. We looked at the examples. That our Lord gives to his disciples there. We looked at the second one. Which was strength and weakness. As we saw there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. As Paul desired for God to. Deliver him from that particular trial, that thorn in the flesh that was in him. And he said he prayed three times that God would deliver him from that. And the Lord's answer to him was, No, I'm not going to do that, Paul. Because he said, Through your weakness, my strength is seen. And so Paul said, Then he changed Paul's whole mindset. He said, I'll rather glory than in my infirmities that in my weakness Christ might shine in me. His strength might be made known. And so strength in weakness there. And the third one we looked at last week is the the counterintuitive of loving our enemies. To do good to them that despitefully use us. Uh, That does not register with our brains, with human nature uh, in the way we think about things and the way we look at things. But here the Lord says that to do good to them that despitefully love your enemies, uh, do those things counterintuitive to what is what is normal for us, what is normal for this world, and to trust God in it that he's going to work these things out. We read here in verse 8 of Isaiah 55, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, But watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereunto I sent it. And so here... Isaiah is describing for us this very idea of these counterintuitive things that the Lord has given us. The Lord says, do it my way. My way is not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Trust me. Trust my way. I will do what I say I will do. My word will not return unto me, Lord. I'm going to fulfill the purpose in it as it goes out. And so if I say, do it this way, I'll make it work that way. Trust me, he said. My word will not return unto me void. And so, even though these things that we've been looking at may seem counterintuitive to us, in the sense that how how is the Lord going to work that out? How is he going to make that happen? How is he going to, to bring that to pass if he's having us to do it this way? He tells us trust him. Trust him. He's going to do it his way. He's going to accomplish exactly what he says he's going to accomplish. It's it's not going to return, he says, unto him void. He will use it and and make it work exactly like he says he's going to make it work. And so when it doesn't make sense to us, when when it is seemingly backwards from all of our worldly wisdom, trust him. If that's how he says do it, trust him. Trust him. Because he's going to accomplish exactly what he says he's going to accomplish in. The fourth one that we'll be looking at today is whosoever keeps his life shall lose it. And whoso loses their life will keep it. Look with me in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter number 16. And we find this in verse 24 and verse 25. Matthew 16, verse 24 and verse 25. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life. For my sake, shall find it. Let's go to the Lord and Word of Prayer before we continue on today. Our Father in Heaven, we thank you again for this day. We thank you, Father, for your great grace to us. We thank you, Father, that you've allowed us this another time that we can come into your house uh, to worship you to spend this time together before your throne, Father. We bring. Up Our lives before you, we bring our hearts and our minds here, Father, into your presence today. We have many requests. We have many things, Father, that are upon our hearts. Many hurts, many sorrows, many trials, many troubles, many afflictions. uh, Those on ourselves and those on our family members and friends and loved ones. Father, we just desire to see your work performed in these situations, and it's the reason we have brought, Father, our prayers and our petitions before you. Help us, Father, that we might live lives that are honorable to you, that desire to serve you, that desire to glorify your name. Help us, Father, that that would be the chief aim of our lives as we go every day, that we might glorify your name. Father, that we might might bring you praise and honor and laud with the lives, Father, that we lead in this old sinful world. Forgive us of our many sins, Father. Forgive us of our many trespasses against you and ever draw us closer to you that we might be found faithful servants for your name. Father, for those that are lost, and undone in our family and friends, Father, those that need Christ Jesus, Father, I pray that you would reveal Christ unto them this day. Help them, Father, to believe on him this very hour, Father, that they might believe that Christ Jesus died for them. Father, go with us now as we look to your word. Give us understanding of these things. Open it before us, Father, that we might see it. We might apply it to our lives. Go with us now we pray. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If any man will come after me, says there in verse 24. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. This is counterintuitive for us today, because even for us, the children of God, we have way too much of the world in us. We focus way too much of our attention on this old earthly life that we lead. our affections are fixed on it, our thoughts are fixed on it, our desires are fixed on it, Our, our, our every day, I mean, just in living, each and every day, we spend too much of our day fixated on now. Where the reality is, the reality for us, especially us as the children of God, is we're here now, yes. We're living in this place now, yes. This is where we're at. This is where we're drawing breath in these moments. But our minds, our hearts are not to be fixated on now, but rather we're to be looking toward eternity. That, that's that's where we're to be fixated at is what we are living for. What we are living for. We are we're to, to be living for our Lord. We are to be serving Him. We are to be following after Him. We are to be walking as He's called us to walk. We are to be, are to be uh, following in His footsteps as He has blazed that trail before us. And so as we are following Him, our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our every day should be focused on eternity. Glorifying our living life in the here and now that we might bring glory to Him for all eternity. That's where we're to be fixed. And the, the Lord... Directs us here in this, and he says that, tells us here that living for him is a costly thing. It's not easy. And it is because of that cost that comes with following him. It is because of that cost that it brings on us personally, that cost that hits us in the here and now that causes us to focus too much attention on the here and now. It is is the heaviness of that cost that tends to drag us away from eternity and focus here. Focus now. Because it does cost us something to live for our Lord, to serve Him as He's called us to serve Him. To follow Him is costly. He says here in verse 24 again, if any man will come after me, if you're going to follow Him, He said, if we're going to be His disciple, if we're going to follow Him, if we're going to be His disciple, He says, let him, first of all, deny himself. <laughs> let him deny himself. Secondly, Take up his cross. And then follow me, he says. Follow me. To deny self. To take up our cross. And to follow him. Hold your place here. Go back with me to Mark chapter 8. I want to look at, you know, these other couple of passages where this same declaration is given. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34 on down through chapter 9 and verse 1. Mark chapter 8 verse 34 down through 9 verse 1. And Mark gives us the same account here when he called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words, and this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said unto them, Verily I, say unto you that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. Now look in Luke 9. Luke 9, verse 23 through verse number 27. We see again, Luke 9, verse 23 through 27 We see Dr. Luke's record of it as well here. Verse 23, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which will, shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of And so he tells us all three of these passages deny yourself, take up his cross and follow me. To deny self means that we're going to deny ungodliness. We're going to deny worldly lust. We're going to deny self-rich self-righteousness rather. We're going to deny we're going to deny us. In in Luke 14, verse 26, Luke chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. The Lord says to them there, verse 25 says, There went out great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, verse 26, he said, If any man come to me and hate not, His father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's strong words that he says there. Strong words. Hate father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, and his own life. What does he mean there? Why such a strong word there for hate, to hate these things? What does he mean? Because it sounds contradictory to what he says in other places, to honor thy father and thy mother, to love our brethren, to love our neighbor as ourselves. So what does he mean there in regards to when he uses that term hate in this passage? Here the Lord is explaining exactly what he's telling us there in in Matthew 16 in our text and what he told us in Mark 8 and Luke chapter 9. He uses that strong term hate there to show the difference between how we are to love our Lord and how we are to love the things of this world. It should be... Our devotion. And our love for our Lord should be so stark from the love that we have for the things of this world that it will be without comparison. That it that that his the love that we have for him is is the direction of our whole life. That everything else just Just pales in comparison to it. That is first above everything. That is first. To love our Lord. To love our Lord. So he says deny himself. No matter how painful no matter how costly the life for him may be to us, we are to deny our own will and give ourselves wholly to the will of God. Our lives, my life, your life, is not to be about you. It's not to be about me. It's not to be about us. Amen. You were given breath this morning, not for you. The blood is pumping through your heart this day, not for you. It's for the glory of God. It's for our following, our serving, our worshiping, our living for him. That's what he's talking about when he says deny himself. (laughs) To deny himself. (laughs) But too much, too much of our attention, too much of our time, too much of our thinking, too much of our heart, too much of our emotions are placed on self. On me. It's hard to get off of that, that reality. It's hard to get off of, of me. It's hard to, to quit that thinking toward me, to quit that feeling for me. But He tells us to deny Deny ourselves. To put off that 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 living for self and rather to be living for our Lord. To be living for Him. Your you rather must surrender to God your will, your affections your body, and your soul. It all belongs to Him anyway. It all belongs to Him anyway. Submit yourself to Him. Your happiness, listen, your happiness cannot be the supreme object of your life. And to 99% of this world, that's the only thing they're living for. is what makes them happy today. That cannot, as a child of God, my happiness, your happiness, cannot be the object of our lives. It must be, it must be, it must be the glory of our Lord. It must be what glorifies him. And that's not to say that the Lord don't want us to be happy. He does want us to be happy. That's what chapter 5 of the Beatitudes there, when, when the Lord begins that Sermon on the Mount, that's what He begins with, is happy. Happy, 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 happy. He got all these things. But what is He telling us here? If you want to be happy, follow Me. If you want to be happy, do what I say. If you want to be happy, live for Me. If you want to be happy, devote yourself to Me. That's what he's going through. That's the whole first part of that Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapter 5. Happiness is not in this world. Happiness is not in this world. Joy is not in this world apart from Christ. Apart from him. And so for us, that must be our focus. It must be what we are looking to. And so we have to deny ourselves. To deny ourselves, the Lord says. And then he says to take up our cross. To take up our cross. Mark 10 and verse number 38 Mark 10 and verse number 38. We looked at this a few weeks ago. This is John and James's argument here about which one's going to sit on his right hand or which one's going to sit on his left. And now they wanted to be, have those positions of honor with him. And he tells them here, you don't know what that cost is going to be. You don't know what you're asking, boys. You first have to deny yourself, then take up your cross, he says. Notice what he tells to to James and John here. He says, and Jesus said unto them, verse number 38, Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Can you you handle the cost of following me? Of living for me? Can you take up your cross? Can you take up your cross? You see, life for Christ, life for serving Him... It's costly. It's costly. Because we cannot, in that following after Him, we cannot take inventory for self. But rather, our focus is to be on Christ, to be on Him, to live for Him. He never promised us in, in the giving of life to us, in, the, in the, the paying for our sins, in the promise of salvation and eternal life that He has promised to us. He has never in that also promised us ease and comfort. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's going to cost you something. The world's going to hate you, he said. The world's going to despitefully use you. They're going to even persecute you, he says. In fact, following him, he, he describes to us here and taking up our cross, he's telling us that following him, being a Christian is equated with the shame of the cross. That we're giving ourselves wholly as a sacrifice to him. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living, Sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, listen, which is your reasonable service. The very least, the very least that you and I can do in our service for the Lord is to give him all of us. To give him all of us, to give him every part of us. It all belongs to him anyway, you see. He, He bought it. We are to give ourselves wholly to our Lord as a living sacrifice, wholly set apart for him, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And he says, be not conformed to this world, which is what self is constantly striving after, is the conforming to this world, the following after the things of this world, the focus on this world. He says, be not conformed to this world, but rather be ye transformed, he says, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our hearts, our minds, our lives, our bodies, we must be focused wholly on the service of our Lord. I'm following him. I'm following after him. I'm taking up my cross. I'm denying myself. I'm taking up my cross. I am going where Christ tells me to go. I am serving as Christ Jesus tells me to serve. My heart, my mind, my thinking, my affections, my will is centered, it's fixed on eternity. Not on now, not on yesterday, especially, not on tomorrow. Have no promise of that, but on Christ. On Christ. So, taking up that cross, with it we are to patiently bear every evil, every affliction, and bear them patiently, knowing that the world. And Satan will bring against us every reproach and every sorrow that they can. And we continue to follow our Lord. He is our master. We have submitted ourselves to him, denying ourselves, taking up our cross. And then he says, follow me. Follow me. He's already went this path before us. He's already cleared the way. We're following in his footsteps. But and the the wondrous part of following after him is we are walking in his footsteps as we follow, as we serve, as we go. We're following in his footsteps. But he's not out way out there in front of us. He's right there with us. He's right there with us. Leading us along. Holding our hands. Carrying us where we need to be carried ever-present help in time of need. So we are to follow him. Now, his cross, his cross cost him his life. And by that gave unto us eternal life. Now in this life, he has given us, we are to take up our own cross, the sufferings of this life, and follow after him, losing this life for his sake, and finding real life in him. Now, this life of cross-bearing and this life of following him is absolutely foreign to the sinful nature that we have in us. It's unpleasant. It's not always easy. Even to save people, it's not easy for us. But again, life is not about today. It's not about the here and now. Not to say it doesn't matter. It does. It's where we live. But the here and now cannot in our hearts take the place of eternity. The Lord says that there in verse 26. He says, and what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Sinful man, sinful man will give up everything. He'll give up everything for what he thinks he's going to gain from the world. He'll give up all of his soul for what he thinks he might gain. What this world has to offer. What joy, what happiness he might get. What wondrous thing that was promised to him. Oh, if I could just, yes, I'll, I'll lay it all down. I'll lay my life down. I'll lay my soul down. and I might have those things that this world has to offer. Gaining the whole world. What does it profit him when he's lost his own soul? We, as God's people, we are to live each day with eternity in view. God has given us our lives. For a grander purpose than the here and now. For a grander purpose than today. And if we're living for eternity. As costly as it may be to follow after him. To take up our cross. The wondrous part about it all. The wondrous part about it all is what he says, verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And that's not just in eternity. What we find is in our serving our Lord, in our following after him, in taking up our cross, and following him is that he fills us up now with himself. That as we go, as we follow, as we serve, he's present with us now and he gives us all that we, he fills us with happiness. He fills us with joy. even though we're bearing a cross. It's wondrous. It's wondrous what our Lord does. He fills us up, even here in the here and now. Gives us a full, meaningful, purposed, life fixed on Eternity. So lose yourself. For Christ. That you might be filled up with him. Today. The same one. The same one who says lose your life. For my sake is the same one in John chapter 4 and verse number 14. John chapter 4 and verse number 14. The same one who says lose your life for my sake is the same one who says here in John 4 and verse 14... But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The same one says lose your life for my sake is the same one who says I will fill you up. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Verse number 11 again in Isaiah 55. He says, so shall my word be. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. So what the Lord says. What he declares. What he tells us to do. How he tells us to live. He said he's going to make it work. It will not return unto me void. He says. But it shall accomplish. That which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And so if he says live this way, live that way. If he says lose your life for my sake and come follow me and I'll fill you up, trust him. Trust him. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Trust him. Listen, you may give up these things of this world to follow after Him. But you'll find the closer you draw to Him, the more you're depending on Him, the less the things of this world will mean. The less it will matter, the closer we are to Him, the faster. That we are holding on to him. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter number 3. Verse number 5. Down through verse number 7. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Trust him. Do what he says. Follow him. Lean not into thine own understanding, but rather he says in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Trust Him. Trust Him. These things that we've been looking at, losing our life, and gaining it, These other counterintuitives that we've examined over these past couple of weeks they don't make sense to this world. they don't make sense to the carnal mind doesn't make sense to the sinful nature but they're exactly how the Lord has called us to live. Trust him. He has promised his word will not return unto him for He has promised it will do. Exactly what he says it will do. Trust him. Trust him. He is our ever-present help. In time of need. He has promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. David says that there's no place we can go. That we're out of his care, out of his hand, out of his sight. He is always there. Trust him and hold on to him, and he'll fill you up. That even the cross that you are bearing will be light with the strength of the Lord Jesus. Trust him. Do you know him? We only have these promises. We only have this direction. We only have this reality in our relationship with him. The fact that we have him as Lord and Savior. Can you say this day, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. Can you believe that this day? Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. Brother Jonathan to bring us the song. 162 <laughs>